Hallelujah. Thank y'all. Amen. Thank y'all so much. Amen. Because the thing is, when you serve God and serve people, when you are you, when you lead people, you don't do it for this. You do it because you want to make a difference. And when you call to do something, you do it because you call to do it. Amen. So I'm grateful to every one of you that took some time out. Amen. Praying for me, spending. I don't care if you spent $2 on the gift. It don't matter to me. I'm grateful that somebody took the time out to think about me. Amen. So I thank y'all very much. Amen. Amen. Thank God for service today. I wasn't expecting that, so y'all got to let me gather myself. If y'all don't mind. Amen. Thank God for that. Amen. Why y'all standing? Let us pray. Look, I caught y'all right before y'all sat down. They was ready to sit down. <laughs> We're going to pray right quick, amen, and go into the Word. We've already had a wonderful, wonderful service, amen, and God only gave me two passages of Scripture today. I guess that's why, because he knew how service was going to be today, <laughs> amen. But while we're standing, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the way you moved in this service so far. Thank you, oh God, for the praise team, the music team, God, for Bill and Josh. Dwayne, Charmony, Stephanie, Angel, Bree, that whole department. I thank you for, God, the way they set themselves aside to answer the call. God, many people, God, see the Sunday morning, but, God, there's a lot that goes into it. And I thank you for people that's willing to sacrifice their time to give the people of God their very best. I'm grateful, God, to stand in this pulpit today, God, in this place and rain. Before God are great people, God, that you have shown me. God, these people are greater than they even know. God, they're greater than what I even know. We're greater than what we even know right now. God, but we have given you a yes, oh God, and we'll believe in you. God, that you're going to take this thing further than what we can see. God, we surrender to you, God. We submit to you. God, we yield to you, God. We're going to allow you to do whatever it is in your heart that you've come to do. And Father God, I pray that everyone that is in this place today, God, that the words that you have given me to speak, Father God, let it find good ground. For, oh God, it's the word that gives us life. God, it's the word that feeds our spirit. It's the word, oh God, that comforts us, that gives us direction. But David said it's a lamp to our feet, oh God. And it's a light to our path. Let it have free course today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read this opening text while you're standing. Amen. The book of Matthew, amen, is where we want to go. Amen. And while you're getting ready, we do, we're going to have a quick wedding after church. Are they here? Did they make it? I think I saw them here. We gone a couple of weeks ago. We had a young couple here, and God told them to fix some things, and they decided to fix it. So after service, we're going to fix it. Amen? Amen. So y'all be in prayer for that. That's a good thing. Amen. So we're getting ready for this. Luke chapter 13. 
Luke chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 6 through 9. If you have your Bible or your phone, amen, follow me there. Then Jesus told, all right, he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and he sought fruit thereon, and he found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this tree, and I find none. Cut it down while I cumbered it the ground. And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that, thou shall cut it down. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the Lord says, where's my fruit? Come on, somebody look to you the other side and say, neighbor, the Lord says, Where's my fruit? That's our sermon topic today. Where's my fruit? And the subtopic is the oil. The oil. You may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. As we get ready to go into the word of God, as I was studying this particular passage, somebody say, where's my fruit? Somebody say, God want his fruit. God want his fruit. Amen. How many of you know that we are designed to be productive? We are designed to grow. We are designed to produce fruit. How many of you know that, right? And this is what, I got one amen already. Bless God in the crowd in the back. All right, that's what I'm talking about. But as I was studying this, this particular passage, I know we read that a lot of times and people go over that passage. And as I was looking at that passage, the Bible says Jesus walked up to the fig tree. The first thing that jumped out to me about that passage is that the Lord said fig tree. And then as I, as I parked on fig tree, I, I started to hear the Holy Ghost say, he came in his note. He said, the reason, he said, imagine the fig tree being more concerned about the apple tree than producing figs. He said that one of the main robbers of productivity in the church world is when the tree is supposed to be producing their own figs, they got their eyes on the other trees to see what they're producing and not worried about what they're supposed to be producing. <laughs> we read over the text many times and we just go through fig tree, but the scripture says, the Lord said, he specifically said, he walked up to a fig tree. He didn't walk up to an apple tree. He didn't walk up to a grapevine. He didn't walk up to an orange tree. He knew what he planted. And he knew what he was looking for. How many of you know your calling? That's a fruit. The mantle that God has invested in you and put in your belly, 
that's a fruit. That that's something that the Lord is going to come knocking at your door one day and say, where's my calling? You can't say, I'm not fulfilling my calling or I'm not producing figs because the apple tree not producing apples. I decided not to fast today to cause my leaves to blossom because my brother didn't want to fast. Don't work like that. Every tree is designed to produce its own fruit irregardless of what the other trees are doing. And one day the Lord is going to come and he's going to look at your tree. And when he looks at your tree, he's going to say, Where's my fruit? But not a long show me he's done that many times with many Christians over a long period of time. And the reason Jesus said three years, I love the way the Bible does this. It says in three years, he was expecting that tree to be in a certain point of his development. The Lord said, how is it after all this time as a Christian, we still stumbling over forgiving people? You've been in Christ too long to still walk around justifying grudges and bad behavior. I called you 15 years ago, and I'm still wrestling with you to get out of a relationship that's inappropriate. Why? He said, in a three years after planting this tree, I wasn't supposed to come to look at stems. I didn't come to look at branches. After three years of revivals and preaching and word, I was coming to see somebody on fire ready to preach the gospel. I've been pouring into you for five years, ten years. I've been giving you dreams and I've been giving you vision. Where is that apostolic commander that I've been looking for? Oh, I know what it is. You waiting on a man to recognize him. You, you waiting on validation from somebody else. You need somebody to come knock at your door and say it's time. No, the fig tree didn't, the fig tree was supposed to be just producing. When the, when, when a tree is planted in the ground, there's a certain time interval that the Lord is expecting fruit. Y'all got that, right? So the Lord walked up to the tree, then he said, hey, you should have been preaching three years ago. Why are we still struggling with you building a prayer life? I told you you were supposed to be preaching 15 years ago. Why is such a struggle to get you to study and I got to fight for your time with Facebook? I bet you need, how many times I need to tell you, study to show yourself approved? I, I got to keep telling you year after year, over and over and over and over. You, you need me to constantly remind you that you call? You need me to constantly remind you? No, it's preaching time. This fruit bearing time, this forgiveness time, this bearing a hatchet time. You've been in God too long for me to still be dealing with you over Matthew 5. After 10 years in the game, we should be past Matthew 5. After 10 years in the game, we should know that you can't bring your gift to the altar and you know you want to fight somebody. 
10 years in the game and we still want to fight and preach at the same time? <laughs> no, that's in year number one. Maybe six months in, the Lord is going to allow you to go through. But 10 years in the game and you still bringing dirty gifts? Too long in the game for that. It's too long in the game for our hearts to still be hard and not soft and tender before the Lord. We've been in the game. Somebody say you've been in the game too long. We've been at this too long. Somebody say you've been at this too long. Some of the things that, that, that we discuss, we shouldn't be discussing. We should be discussing world events and taking over territories, moving into new cities, and we've got to slow down and park on things that's in Matthew 5. Now, don't y'all get quiet on me. Y'all already know I'm a preacher regardless. I would preach the same way if they had, like, one person right there. So y'all should know me by not better than that. So you might as well throw your amens even if it's on your head. Just throw it anyway. Because that ain't going to affect me one way or another. But I do like participation. But if you don't, y'all know I'm going to roll anyway. But Jesus said, after three years, I should see figs on this tree. That's the normal growth rate. Figs in three years. Amen. So here's something else that got me about this passage. As I was looking at this passage, look what the Lord, look what, look what happened. Look what jumped out right there. Look what jumped out. So, the, and remember it's a parable. He's trying to show you something. Here, here comes the owner of the fig tree. He said, well, since there's nothing on it, why don't I pluck it up and get it out of the ground? It's taking up space. He said, why would we allow a tree to stay in the ground taking nutrients from productive people? Why in the world would I? He said, that's just not good business to keep negative people around positive people. He said, that's not good business. That's not efficient forming. That's not strategic. That's not intelligent for me to allow this tree to stay in this spot. I can give that spot to somebody else. But here comes the high priest. And he like, you're right. It is time to pluck that tree up and move on. But I died for that tree. This is a conversation between Jesus and his father. <laughs> He's showing you that sometimes the father is ready to move the tree out of the way, but the intercessor steps in and say, hold on, give me a little bit more time. <laughs> Let me dig. Do you know what that digging is? That's when you start feeling things, dealing with your heart. That's Jesus trying to dig at that layer of unforgiveness, that bitterness, that malice, that hatred. He's trying to dig in there because he knows you can't move forward with that stony heart. So he's trying to dig in there with that word. He's trying to break it up. He's trying to bust it up. That's God showing mercy on you trying to dig 
in that wound, that unforgiveness, that he's trying to dig. When you feel something dealing with you, because that's Jesus digging in your heart because he told God, don't cut him off. Though you've been preaching to him three years and they're not there yet, should have been not. Give me some more time. Some of us is on some give me some more time right now. Heaven has conversations about you. But don't you know heaven is talking about you all of the time? Jesus is constantly going to God on your behalf, talking to God, asking for more time for you to get it together. That's what he got on the cross for, to buy you some time. So he'll dig when the word of the Lord is dealing with your conscience. Can you feel things tugging at your heart? That's Jesus digging. But then look what he said. This is the other part. That, this is the part right here that really got me. He said, after I dig, then I want to dung it. So after he dig in your heart and start getting things out of the way that's blocking you from being productive, then he come back with manure. Do you know why you stay in mess? Because that's manure. He's trying to teach you how to be peaceful in mess. Do y'all know what manure is? See, the corner mind just think about, see, God is so strategic. The corner mind think about something that's thinking. I don't want that on me. <laughs> that's how we are. I don't want that trial. That trial don't feel good. It don't smell good. It don't taste good. That's the very thing you need to fertilize that mantle that's sleeping on the inside of you. You need that mess. You need that drama. You needed that divorce. You needed that heartache. That's that manure of life fertilizing you to bring you what God trying to bring you. You want to walk with Jesus, but you don't want manure on you. Somebody say, I ain't come to church to hear about no manure. It's in the Bible. Y'all know no topic off limits with me. I fly. Whatever the Holy Ghost put on me, you know it's coming out. Y'all should know that by now. But God uses situations that we don't want to get in to fertilize us. That very thing you're running from, that's your fertilizer. That's, that's what's going to make you blossom. That's what's going to make you bloom. Y'all better learn Christianity. Y'all, won't, y'all think Christianity is just a part of the service when I prophesy the blessings and that number six. Nah, this is Christianity right here. You need hard times because the hard times is what causes you to come out of your shell, out of your isolation, out of your shyness. God have to push you and press you and prime you and jab you. Whatever he got to do to get it out of you, he's going to do it. He's going to make you so uncomfortable, you're not going to even know if you're coming or going sometimes. Sometimes you're going to get in some heavy trials, you're going to even lose track of what day or week it is. The Bible's, y'all don't understand, y'all don't realize what the Bible say Paul was selling. 
And the Bible saying they was out on a journey. And Eurachlodon, an earthquake, hit the ship. It broke the ship up. They were all laying on the water, holding on to boards. An angel had to come out there on the water and tell them, you're not getting ready to die. I'm not finished with you. The Bible said they were on the water for many days, didn't see the sun or the moon. They was just in pitch black darkness for many days with no end in sight. Oh, oh, yeah, you want to be like Paul. Yeah, you want to be a man of God. You want to be a woman of God, but you just want the glory. You don't want the manure. <laughs> See, everybody want the glory, but nobody want the dung. Everybody want the glory, but they don't want God to dig in their life. They don't want nobody in their business. You got to let God dig in your business. Because if you don't let God dig in your business, he can't use you. Because he wants to know everything about you. Because when he calls you to serve people, you got to be transparent. So he got to dig and dig and dig and dig. You can't be hungry for the mock and shun the, the, the manure. It's easy to grab some scriptures and put you a little sermon together. That's not hard. But what about when life knocks on your door? See, God said, I don't choose my servants when they grab the mic behind the pulpit. He said, my servants are chosen in the furnace of affliction. I want to see how you go through the fire. When you're going through the fire, that's when I'm looking to see if I got something I can use. God don't choose his servants on the microphone. He chooses servants in the furnace of affliction. That's when God chooses you to see if he can trust you with the true riches of the kingdom of God. It's not hard for me to grab some scriptures and come to you and quote some things from memory and intellect. That's not the anointing. The anointing comes when you start getting crushed. As I move into this subtopic, the oil, somebody say the oil. <laughs> somebody say the final stage of a fruit is its juice. And somebody say you can't get the juice without crushing. You can't get to the juice. Without crushing the fruit. Anybody feel like they've been getting crushed? Guess what you on the verge of? <laughs> Turning into some oil. You know what oil is? That's the anointing. You can preach the word. You can sing the word. But that don't mean you're anointed. You don't get this anointing until you start getting crushed. The greatest song my daughter ever sang was when she was coming out of a crushing. And that crushing thrusted her to a destiny she didn't even know was waiting on her. I saw it with my own eyes. I understand the process. Somebody say dung is Christianity. Somebody say crushing is Christianity. The oil. I feel a preaching spirit in this place. Y'all feel that? <laughs> feel a preaching anointing in here today. All right. Well, bless God. I like it. 
Let's go to the second scripture. And then that's it. Amen. We're going to go to this. Now, this one's going to get a little intense. I'm going to just throw it on in one, y'all, because the first part I was just connecting and dipping off of that series I was on. <laughs> because a lot of people, you, you've got seed in the ground and you've been planting and you've been expecting and your fruit is coming. But guess what? The fruit is not the end of the fruit. The juice of the fruit is the completion of the fruit. Because once you get the juice out of the fruit, the fruit is gone. The only thing left is juice and seeds to start another plant. So don't think you never stop planting. You just move to new levels. But God wants oil. See, you can't download oil. You can't shortcut to get to the oil. You can't, you can't do that. You can't, you can't fabricate the oil. Before I read that scripture, the scripture is going to be in. Somebody say, take your time, Pastor. Y'all just did all this appreciation. Now y'all got to let me preach. I'm Bradley. Y'all said y'all appreciate me, so y'all got to let me preach. You, do you know? <laughs> so y'all go to Matthew 26, verse 30 to 35. That's our last text, but I've got to give you this, some understanding and some context to oil. Somebody say oil is anointing. Y'all listen to me. This is very, very important. This is coming from Wikipedia. <laughs> the holy anointing oil or the Shemin Ha Mishka, all of anointing formed an integral part of the ordination of the priesthood and the high priest, as well as in the consecration of the articles of the tabernacle. So basically just talking about Moses came with the oil, and when God set a priest aside, he put oil on him. When he set a high priest aside, he put oil on him. And then the vessels of the tabernacle, they put oil, right? The primary purpose of anointing with the holy anointing oil was to sanctify. Somebody say, God set me apart. Sanctify means to set you apart. See, when God starts sanctifying you, you got to come out from your normal activities of everybody else. Sanctification, you can't spend time doing things that other people do. Here's the key to sanctification. Some things God is going to call you away from that's not even sinful. It's just time consuming. And that's why people can't get sanctified because they rather argue. It's not a sin. That's not a sin. God is saying, I know it's not a sin. You just don't have time for it. I need your mind free to study and to get revelations so I can bring you in the dreams and visions. I'm not going to argue with you for your social media platform. I'm not going to argue with you for your time. I'm not going to argue with you. But if you're going to yield to sanctification, there's things you got to give up or you can't be sanctified. Sanctified means whatever you're calling me to do and give up is gone. We're not arguing about it. We're not wrestling with it. If you don't want it in my life, it is gone. And a lot of you, he's been dealing with you on sanctification and you're fighting it. Stop fighting it. Get sanctified. Somebody say get sanctified. 
Sometimes you need a Facebook fast. We can fast from food, but sometimes we own our fast from food and we Facebooking. If you're going to fast from food, fast from it all. The purpose of fasting is giving your mind to God so your spiritual antenna can be in tune with him. What's the point of fasting but you're still consuming what everybody else consumes? You just went hungry. You ain't fast. You just went hungry. Don't get mad at y'all, Pastor. So the oil in the Old Covenant was for sanctification purposes, praise God. Then look what it says. So that was for number one. When God called somebody into an office, he poured that oil on to set the anointed person or the object apart as Kodesh or holy. Listen to this. Originally, the oil was used exclusively for the priests and the tabernacle articles, but its use was later extended to include kings. Here's the part right here that really got me as I was studying this, and I may read it more than once. Y'all ready? It was forbidden to be used on an outsider, meaning you can't live any kind of life and walk in this oil. An outsider means you outside of the body of Christ. It's forbidden for people that's not living right to walk in the anointing of the oil of the Holy Ghost. You're not going to even get it. It's forbidden. You can't take the Holy Ghost into fornication, drunkenness, lewdness, wild living, pornography. He ain't going there. Can't bring that oil in there. Can't bring that oil in the strip club. You can't bring that oil in there. If God has called you to sanctification, then you got to come out from the world and be separate from the world. And then he say, touch not any unclean thing. Then he say, then I'll receive you. So you got to prepare yourself to walk in this oil. Too many people arguing with God. I want to live how I want to live and still have the oil. No, it don't work like that. I want to do what I want, go where I want, say what I want, and I'm still... Listen. Paul said, be not deceived. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? I feel an old school anointing. I feel an old holiness path anointing on me today. Kind of like that too. But God's been dealing with people and calling you to that, and you can't resist it. Then look what he says. Now, this is the part right here because this was going on a lot. The Israelites were forbidden to duplicate anything like it for themselves. You can't copy the oil. You can't fabricate the oil. You can't counterfeit the oil. Ask the sons of Stephen whenever they was trying to go cast the devil out. And they say, we got this counterfeit oil. We're going to use the oil that Paul used. 
Them sons of Steve would say, no, you got to get your own oil. Because you was in a club last night. You was getting drunk last night. How dare you tell me to get out? And we was in the same place together. We go to the same places. How you going to command me? And we like the same stuff. The devil say, how you going to command me? And we like the same thing. You just as arrogant as I am. You just as stubborn as me. You don't like order like I don't like order. How you going to command me to leave and we look just the same? We look alike. How you going to tell me to go? No, I'm going to tell you who going to go. I can see the devil in the spirit saying, somebody hold this jacket right there. The Bible say them spirits jumped out of the man and jumped on them. Keep playing with that anointing like you got some. The devil going to start embarrassing some people. <laughs> Keep on acting like you're anointed and you know you're not living clean. <laughs> some of you, are, that's offensive to the enemy that you walk like him, you look like him, you act like him, you talk like him, and then you get up in the morning and sing and tell him to get out the house. He's like, now you know you was just up at two in the morning and now you know I saw what you was doing. Stop trying to trick them people. He say, stop trying to trick them people. You know you're not trying to live no clean life. Stop trying to trick your pastor. Do you know you don't want to be a part of that mission? Do you know your heart is not in that vision? Do you know that's not what you're trying to do? Why are you trying to trick the people? If that's not what you want to do, stop trying to trick everybody. You know you don't want to live a clean life. Why you put yourself in counterfeit bondage because when you know that your mind is not to live right now you're putting yourself in bondage because you got to carry an image that's not really you no real oil can't be fabricated somebody say i want that real oil now listen to what y'all asking <laughs> to get to the real oil you got to let them dig in you. you got to let them put that dung, that manure on your life. you got to let them bring you to them ugly situations to get that mantle out of you. you got to submit to it. Then you got to submit to the crushing of life. We getting ready for Mall Street. I got to get y'all ready. There's some real demons around there. Y'all better come on. Got some spirits in Lafayette. We got to be ready for this. We can't be going around there with that, them same tongues from seven years ago that ain't doing nothing. If your tongue's not causing you to live right, get some more. <laughs> I speak in tongues, but I don't live clean. They ain't real. Listen, I'm telling you. Say, God, change them, switch them up. Because this ain't working. I can't get this attitude off. I can't get this lust out of my life. I keep lying. And I'm, nah, we, no, God, these tongues ain't working. I'm not speaking in another tongue unless you change the way I'm living. All these counterfeit tongues. Everybody, it's like a fad now. People just throw some tongues out. It's like, it's trending. They should put that on Twitter, trending tongues. It's like tongues trending right now. 
You can't be speaking in tongues and shacking. You can't be speaking in tongues if you're a man and like a man. You can't be speaking in tongues if you're a woman and like a woman. Listen, the tongues that I get, they're going to change your life. Because when the real tongue come on the inside of you, that's Christ in you. And if any man is in Christ, that's a whole new creature. You can't be speaking in tongues and your desire's not changing. That ain't no real oil. You know what the penalty for duplicating oil was in the Old Testament? It was called koresh, cut off. You could be cut off for making fake oil. And God showed me, he said, son, the reason people fabricate the oil nowadays is because they don't reverence the oil. <laughs> they don't appreciate the oil. Because they don't understand the cost and get to the oil. If it took all what I preached to you in that series to get a fruit, how much more is it to get the oil? And so anybody can just try to grab the oil and throw it on. Y'all, you can't just get the oil because you want the oil. You got to pay for the oil. You got to go through fire to get this oil. You got to get crushed to get this oil. You can't quit every time it get hard. You can't throw your hands up every time it get hard. You can't turn and run away every time it get hard. You can't walk in excuses and oil at the same time. You can't walk in excuses in oil. Either you're going to walk in oil or you're going to walk in excuses. You can't do both. You can't fabricate the oil. Somebody say the oil is holy. And you know what the oil is? It's talking about the anointing. Because it's the anointing. Talent don't break yokes. Your height don't break yokes. <laughs> your education from a, a, a master's degree, that don't break yokes. Anointing is what destroys the yokes. People don't need to be impressed. Paul said, I didn't come around here with fancy words. I came to demonstrate the oil. Nobody was more educated than Paul. He put that to the side. To win Christ. We've got to stop being fascinated with the glitter and the glam of the pulpit. And get intrigued with the trials. Paul say I was, he say I took glory in my infirmities. Because that's when I realized that the infirmities was the time God felt the closest. He say that's when Christ was resting on me. When I thought I was going to lose my mind. I felt some peace come and download upon me. Yo, I can give you the mic right now and you can preach a message. But it's what you're going to do tomorrow. How you going to handle yourself on Tuesday? What about Wednesday at 12 noon? What about Thursday? See, that's when the oil kicks in. God said, I'm looking for fruit now, church. I've been preaching to in America. America is full of eloquent sermons. But not a lot of oil. America has preachers galore. 
because but she don't have a lot of oil. You don't see a lot of miracles in America because she's comfortable. She's worried about prospering. But God said, I'm ready to raise up some wealthy people that still got oil. Just because God bless you don't mean you got to lose your oil. God wants you to walk in the whole package of the kingdom. Wealthy and anointed. Cast out a devil in a business meeting. Cast out a devil in the capital building of your state. You don't have to be poor to be anointed. You can be great and still anointed, but don't sell your anointing to elevate in this world. Let your anointing take you places. You don't have to sell out your anointing to go somewhere in this world. You you don't have to be afraid to get crushed. God not going to leave you broke. He ain't going to leave you crushed. He needs wealthy business owners with resources to push his agenda. But you don't want to lose you to the world because you feel like you got to sell out and drop your standards. Because in high places you can make changes. He needs some anointed people in high places. Intercepting the plots and the strategies of the enemy. God, look what he did for Daniel. You took him way up. Look what he did for Joseph, second most powerful man in the world. But they kept their integrity and God was with them. Let me finish my little sermon on pastor's appreciation day. Somebody say don't fabricate the oil. Real oil, man. But let, now I'm about to show you something about getting this real oil. Somebody say you got to be crushed. So we're about to go from the fig tree to the olive tree. Y'all, anybody cook with olive oil? You like that? That's high quality oil, huh? Pure. Look what happened. Can't fabricate the oil. So, oh man, this is this is this is a touching passage. It really is. The Matthew 26, 30 to 35. Let me do my little reading right quick. And when they had sang a hymn, they went out into the mount of what? Where they went to the mount of what? The way they went, y'all? To the Mount of Olives. God was getting ready to bring Jesus to prepare to get crushed. And he took him right to that Mount of Olives. So it can be etched in his mind what he was getting ready to undergo. He was going into the press. He was getting ready to be crushed. He was getting ready to, God took him right to the Mount of Olives. (laughs) Oh my God. Look what Jesus said. Then said Jesus unto them, All you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, 
yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say to you, this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me three times. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise, said all of his disciples. You know what grabs me about that passage? You can be around somebody for many years. And now God is calling you higher. God is calling you to your moment to be crushed. And Peter meant well. But it wasn't his time. That's a whole sermon. (laughs) He was all three years in the circle of Jesus. (laughs) And in his heart, he said, you going to get crushed? I'm coming to get crushed. Jesus said, listen, Peter, you mean well. (laughs) I love you dearly. I'm praying for you that your faith, you my God, but I'm getting ready to go through something that you ain't ready for. And you know how you get, see, arrogancy is a mark of an immature Christian. Because what I mean is, you think you're ready for more than what level you're on. Life is going to show you your true level. You may think you're on one level, but when life comes and that time of examination comes, the way you respond in a trial shows you what level you're on. It's not about how long you've been at this. It's not about how many sermons you preach. When life knocks at your door, that shows you whether you are a babe, a young man, a father, or whatever it is. Life gives the grades, not your mind. You ever thought you was in one place and then you were praying a prayer that night of God, please forgive me. I lost it. I wanted to fight him, shoot him, cuss him out. Now, why nobody want to raise their hand? See, that's the kind of, see, I don't like that kind of church. (laughs) I like a real church. I like people to say, yeah, that's me. I preached a message and then right after my message, I wanted to swing on them. Is that the kind of church? That's a real church. That's why you're in church, y'all. Don't be ashamed. That's why you're here. That's why people can't get real awe because they can't admit where they really at. Got to admit where you really at. And when you admit where you really are, then God can lift you up. Jesus looked at old Peter. Boy, you have a great future. But you're not called to what I'm called to. Whew. He said, you're an apple tree. I'm a fig tree. You, 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 we got two different, I'm the chief cornerstone. You, you, you can't drink the cup I'm drinking. That's what Jesus was telling me. He said, Peter, I love you and you great. You, you got a great calling on you, but there's only one Jesus. But there's only one person that can get on that cross and die for humanity. You can't do that. Y'all, accept the kind of tree you are. Don't be envious at another tree. You're never going to be productive until you realize what kind of tree you are. When you accept what you are called to, 
then you can take off. Too many people got their eyes on other people. And while your eyes on other people, you can't focus on what's in front of you. So you keep falling because you're not focused. Nothing wrong with being a fig tree or an apple tree or a grape. They all beautiful in their purpose. To that fig tree over there looking instead of saying, why, I don't, why I'm not producing, they was worrying about the apple tree. Listen, if God has called you to something, the mandate on House of Freedom, the mandate from heaven is to identify, develop it, and launch it. If you think I, for one minute I'm going to do anything to hold you back and God spoke that mantle and that mandate in my spirit, I literally will be going against heaven. I can't hold you back. I am supposed to recognize it, put it in position to develop <laughs> But I don't have the power to hold you back. Oh, my God. And if I try to do something to impede somebody, I got an answer for that. I know better than that. I'm a little smarter than that. <laughs> I give my own self some credit. I'm a little smarter than that. I don't, I don't think I'm going to do anything to get in the way of what he doing. I mean, let's be for real. I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. If God is raising something up, I got to push that. So Peter said, hey, man, so whoever mad at me and think I'm holding them back, nobody told me that. I didn't get no email, no text, none of that. I just feel that in the Holy Ghost. No man got the power to hold you back. If you're not productive, that's on you. Now let God dig you, dung you, put the manure on you, crush you, whatever you got to do. I got crushed about three years ago. I didn't think I was going to be here. How you know you're getting crushed? Now I can look back on it. Now I can, now I can understand what was happening. As I look back, that was a crushing. Look. Let me show you how I know. This is how you know when you're being crushed. <laughs> then come at Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray yonder. <laughs> and he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John. And he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, oh, my God, I'm being crushed. He said, I'm being crushed. He said, my soul is sorrowful, exceedingly sorrowful. And then he gave the reason, because I'm about to die. See, when you start knowing how to walk with God, you know you're being crushed, and you know why. See, you can't just get crushed and don't know why. So many people fall out of the race because they think what's happening to them is not strategic and is not planned and is not orchestrated by God. But Jesus said, I'm being crushed 
And I'm being crushed because I must die and carry this burden. See, get it in your mind. I'm being crushed for a reason. God is not picking on you. God is not crushing you just to crush you. There's some oil on the inside of you. You just a fruit right now. You just a grape right now. You just an olive right now. But God is not looking for the olive. He wants the olive oil. The olive is good, but God said, I want the oil. How do I get the oil? I got to crush you. I got to send you through something that's going to make you think your mind about to be gone. The Bible say when Jesus was in that garden, he was praying like it was drops of blood falling off of him. How do you know you crushed when you're being pushed mentally, spiritually, and emotionally? When you're being pushed to the brink of exhaustion? When you're being pushed to the brink of quitting and giving up? That means you're being crushed. If you ain't never been through a trial yet, where you felt like you were being crushed, then you ain't ready for ministry yet. Because God hasn't brought you to your crushing yet. You see, in the fruit form, you can be a part of church and you can serve. But when he's getting ready to call you to lead a campus, standing and pulling down strongholds in a region, he got to crush lust out of you. He got to crush every addiction out of you. He got to crush your personality out of you. Because when he puts you on a stage, he can't get embarrassed. So he got to crush everything about you that don't look like him out of you. You can't have a will at certain levels. Paul said, I am the Lord's prisoner. I don't even have a will no more. Y'all heard her talking about praying at 3, 4 in the morning? I'd rather be sleeping. This morning at 4, he can't get up, study, pray. I'm wrestling, get up, study, pray. I'm Get up. You can't have a will. Your will got to be crushed. Do you know what the word crushing means? And what it mean? It's a powerful word. Powerful word. When I look this word up, I got it. I say, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. You, you can't have a will. Because if you still have a will, you haven't been crushed. I say, if you still have a will... You just, you're a fruit, and that's good. But when you start moving into certain levels of ministry, you got to go from fruit to oil. Ministry requires oil. Keeping the church running, all you need is fruitful people for that. But when it comes to moving in the realms of the spirit, we don't, now, you need oil for that. Crush, to squeeze are forced by pressure so as to alter or destroy the structure. When God is crushing something, he's putting so much pressure on it, 
He wants your attitude. To, to, he don't even want to see it no more. He want to change your structure. Before God, you had your own mindset of how you handle life. God want to change your mental structure. <laughs> he want to change your attitude. He want to change your disposition. He don't want you doing it how the millers do it. He wants you to do it how Christ do it. He want to change the very dynamics of how you view matters and situations. So you can't come to God arguing with him and having your own righteousness. Paul said, I don't have my own righteousness. He said, but I got to walk in the righteousness that's of God. And the only way you can walk in the righteousness of God is your own righteousness got to get crushed out of you. So if you're feeling a lot of pressure on you right now, perhaps you're getting ready to be caught hard. But if your life is easy right now, you're not going through much, just keep being fruitful. That's okay, too. Everybody in different seasons. But don't stop being fruitful. But when it's time to go a little higher, God said, okay, it's time to let me make sure that little lying spirit is dead. Let me make sure that little conniving spirit is dead because I might call him to play with millions of dollars and I don't need a thief back there. So he got to put you in some financial situations to make sure you're not going to lose your integrity to get some money. And then when he see you down and you're under pressure, then you're still doing what's right. You're not cheating and lying on your taxes. You're not robbing him of his time, money, and his offer. But you're still walking up right. God say, yeah, I want to put millions in your hand. But let me see if you can be faithful under pressure when you don't have much. When you're going through seasons of drought and lack. Let me see if I can trust you with a campus while you're dealing with your little family. And then if you've been faithful in those little areas, now God is going to crush you to put more in your hand. This is Christianity, y'all. This is how it works. So the Bible says, Jesus said, being in agony in Luke, it said the more agony he felt. Now I'm about to help you get through crushing. This is how you get through your crushing. The Bible said the more agony that he felt, the more earnestly he prayed. The crushing is not supposed to push you away from God. The crushing is supposed to push you to God. Because when you're being crushed, that's when you're going to be confused. That's when you're going to wonder if this is really what you want to do. That's when you're going to wonder, should I go back to my boyfriend? Should I go back to my girlfriend? Should I go back to drinking? Because the crushing is hard. And that's when you're going to have all kind of mind battles. But the more intense the mind battles are, the more you should be on your face. Why people stop praying when they're getting crushed? The crushing is not supposed to push you out of your prayer closet. It's supposed to push you deeper into your prayer closet. The harder life gets, the more you should be praying. Anybody getting crushed? I hope I'm answering some prayers. Golly, everybody. Well, we about to have all kind of ministers popping up. All the arrives. A lot of all better be flowing. When we come out of this building in rain, if that many people getting crushed, I like that. Them hands went. But God sent this word to you so you can understand why you're being crushed. See, you're being crushed because God wants the oil. 
the oil is what's going to help you help the people that's coming behind you into house of freedom. You need the oil. Because some of these problems we're going to face, you can't medicate it. You can't Xanax a demon. You can't Adderall a demon. You can't medicate a demon. You need all to deal with demons. And the pharmaceutical people making a lot of money because the church don't have all. We need to put some of these pharmaceutical places out of business. What was wrong with you? I thought you was popping Molly. No, I found Jesus. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I got peace in my mind. I don't even need that no more. But how can we bring that to the world if we can't get along in the house? How can we bring that type of oil to the world and we sit on the opposite sides of one another and we can't even hug one another and speak? Listen, squash that, crush that, get that out of the camp. So we can move out of Matthew 5. We get to Matthew 10, that's when he starts sending them out. Y'all know my heart, I'm ready for Matthew 10. I've been preaching Matthew 5, 6, and 7 since the, universe, the hotel. I'm ready for Matthew 10, moving into new territories, conquering, advancing the kingdom. Why y'all getting quiet on me? Y'all got to see it first, huh? Some of them like, well, we're going to see it when we get there. See, just keep producing your fruit. You ain't ready for ministry because in ministry, you got to see a thing before it happens. You, you, you can't wait till we get there to see it. You got to see. You got to feel it. You got you to gotta know it. You got to, you got because the Bible said, he said you got to walk by faith. You can't walk by sight. I already see the screens and everything in the new place. Y'all looking at this. I sat down on that chair today. I say, man, that chair hard. I'm already seeing the other ones. That don't even bother me. Because this is just a season. This is just a transition. I already know what's going to happen when we get to that place. And God is calling on y'all mantles. The woman of God opened the service and God said, union. A house divided can't stand. The Bible say endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. It's hard to stay united because egos pop up and, and ulterior motives and hidden agendas. All of that be swimming up under the water. But walk in the spirit. Let the spirit of God shine a light on that. And anything that's not of God, pray and say, God, show me so I can deal with it. It takes effort to walk in a united front. You can't have an ego. You can't have an agenda. You can't. No, you got to say, you know what, God? We got to be on one mind and one accord because we want to walk in power and oil. I feel like I'm in house of freedom today. Bless the Lord. God, I thank you for these people. Some people that love the word. So let me finish up. Y'all stand up. We getting ready to go. I told you I only had two passages today. Praise God. I pray the word of God bless somebody. Look what he said. So this is how you know you've been crushed, 38. Then he said, my soul is exceeding sorrow. Somebody say, I'm stressed out. 
That means you're being crushed. God is crushing you. If you're not feeling it mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, you're not being crushed. But if you can feel a trial in your mind, you feel a trial in your spirit, you feel a trial in your soul, that's the crushing of God. And listen, the, the, the fruit is good, but God wants the oil. Because the fruit is for you, showing you being productive. But the oil is when you're ready to serve other people. Amen? So here's Jesus being crushed, and he say, oh, my father. See, this is how you know you're being crushed right here. If this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it. No, let me go to 39. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed. He said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Listen to what the Lord is saying. He's saying this. If you are in your mind wrestling with the will of God. The Bible didn't condemn Jesus wrestling with the will of God. It noted it. So that you can know that sometimes you're going to come to these moments where you're wondering if there's an alternative way that God can accomplish what he's showing you that you know you got to go through. That's the real crushing. Because when you're getting crushed, when you're, getting, when you're dealing with trials and crushed for real, you're going to wonder. You're going to have mind battles. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be trying to figure it out because this is how we are as humans. We're intellectual. We want everything got to make sense. Everything got to be, it got to fit in our mind. But when God is crushing you, it's not going to make sense because the crushing sometimes is going to come from unexpected places. He's going to use things that you didn't even see coming. Hallelujah. I can feel that already. Well, all right then. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Greater is coming. Greater is coming. But God is crushing us right now. The crushing is beautiful, y'all. Because the crushing it's how you get to the oil. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray and seal this word. Hallelujah. We're going to clear this up right here. Let me drink some of this water. and We're going to pray. Hallelujah. In the Mount of Olives, the Gethsemane. The pressure that Jesus had to go through was getting on that cross. And that, that God and that prayer, that's what's, that was his preparation. Listen, people of God, don't let anything in life take your prayer life away from you. Because when you stop praying, you don't stand a chance. Listen, you don't stand a chance to get through what you're dealing with. If you're not a praying person, pray when you don't feel it. Pray when you don't understand. 
to pray when you don't have the answers. But the Bible say a man ought to always pray and not faint. Even if it don't make sense, pray. Even if your flesh telling you not to pray, pray anyway. Because prayer is what you're going to need to get you through. And a lot of times I've learned in prayer that even if I don't have the answer, it unlocks the peace of God. And the peace of God will come and visit me even when I don't understand. A man ought to always pray and never give up. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want to invite y'all up to come to the altar to pray with me. As we get ready to go, y'all come on up and pray with me. Make sure she can come up. God been dealing with her. God been dealing with her since university. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Yes, Lord. Say, Lord, I'm ready. Say, Lord, I'm ready. Say, Lord, I'm tired of this world. Come on, talk to him. The Bible says, whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Satan, I command you, free her mind, free her mind. I can see him trying to block your mouth. Open your mouth and call Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come on, call up on him. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come on, that's him you fear. Say, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> come on, come on. Everything you ever been through, come on, leave it at this altar right here. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Father God, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all can gather right here. Whoever want to come in prayer with us. We all going to pray before the Lord. We all going to pray. If you need prayer, come on around here with us. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all pray with her. Y'all pray with her. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God wants you to know every sin you ever committed is forgiven. Every hurt and every pain, he want to take it from you. He want to help you. Nobody can help you like Jesus can. Nobody can love you like Jesus can. Let him wrap his loving arms around you. Come on, y'all pray with her right here. There's a lot of emotions at this altar. Y'all pray with him. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves before you right now. That's it. Come on, he freeing you right now. Come on, he freeing you. You're in the presence of the oil. Come on, he every unclean and foul spirit. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I command you to go. Come on, surrender. Give it all up. Come on, let it all go. Let it all go. Yes, Father God, in the name of Jesus, God. Free your child, God. This is your creation, God. This is your child, oh God. Calling upon you, I command every yoke. Destroy Come on, let him free you. Come on, let him free you. Let him do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, Jesus is at this altar. Amen. Bring her right there. I want to pray for her with the burgundy dress right here. Come on up. God been dealing with you since you came. Amen. You're special to God. Amen. A lot of things you went through, don't even understand why. I think you got some answers today. Oh, yeah. You God talked to you today. Amen. Amen. Come on, woman of God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for her right now, God. Father God, I pray, oh God, that as you spoke to her heart, God, spoke to her mind, God. Father God, I pray, oh God, that you would give her even more clarity, God, every sin she's ever committed. Father God, let it be forgiven up for her today, God. God, release it from her today, God. Release it from her and let the love of God flood her heart and her mind. Let the mercy of God overshadow her. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fill her heart. Let it fill her mind in the name of Jesus. Go on and surrender to him. Go on and surrender to him. You're a worshiper. Go on and surrender to him. You're a worshiper. You've been looking for this kind of environment. Come on, you found it. Come on, you're a worshiper. Go on and yield to him. Go on and yield to him. Surrender to him. Go on and surrender. That's Jesus upon you. That's Jesus upon you. That's Jesus upon you. That's him. That's him. Go on and surrender. Father God, I command every yoke. Destroy. Free your mind, free your heart, free your spirit. Fill her with the Holy Ghost and power. In the name of Jesus. Come on, God said if you surrender to him. God said if you surrender to me. Oh, my soul. God said, I want a yes. I want your whole heart. God said, I want your whole mind. God said, I want your whole soul. God said, nobody can love you like I can. God said, nobody can love you like he can. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, surrender. Come on, that's all it takes is a surrendering. Come on, let him in, let him in. Come on, let him in, let him in. Come on, let him in, let him in. Come on, let Jesus in, let him in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you have any sin that you need to repent of, close your eyes and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me, oh God, any sin that I've committed against you. Forgive me, oh God. Have mercy upon me, God. Wash me clean, God. Free me, God. Free me from the grips of Satan, oh God. Free my mind, oh God. Free my heart, oh God. Free my spirit, oh God. Call upon Jesus, let him save you. Come on, you got to surrender to the Lord. Yes, Jesus. 
Yes, yes. Come on, somebody getting a breakthrough at this altar. Come on, we want to be a Tarian church. Come on, Tarian, tell you being due with power. Come on, surrender your heart to the Lord. Come on, surrender your heart to the Lord. Come on, surrender your heart to the Lord. Come on, Tarian, tell you being due with power. Come on, Tarian, tell you being due with power. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost up on you. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost up on you. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost up on you. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Free her like only you can. Free her like only you can. Free her like only you can, Jesus. Come on, let him do it. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Everything I don't want it. Let me can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. God, every residue of abuse. God, every impact of it. God, any damage of the abuse that he suffered. God, I pray, oh God, that you heal his heart. Heal his mind, God. You have a great future for him, oh God. God, a great future for him, oh God. God, I pray for him right now, my Lord God. Grant him a sound mind, oh God. Peace in his heart, oh God. Cause him to grow a hunger for you, God. In the name of Jesus. God wants you to be filled with power. He is calling you. Amen. He wants you full. You see that spirit all around you? He wants you full of it. You're a believer. Oh, yeah, you're a believer. And now he want to shift you. He want to shift you. Amen. You've been doing a lot, but now he want to shift you to a whole new level. And you got to be filled with power to do what he's calling you to do. Because there's some attacks that's going to come your way that you can't handle in your own strength. You got to have power. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, fill me with power. Take me. Say, fill me with power, Lord. 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 Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill her right now, God. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost up on you. Fill her with power, Lord. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost. Come on, I can feel a virtue leaving out. Come on, I feel it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it right there. Come on, I can feel it. Come on, that's it. Just receive it. Come on, Jesse, come on, you grabbing your belly. Come on, that's where he put it at. Out of your belly. That's it, come on, let it flow. Don't worry about how it sounds. Don't worry about how it sounds. Come on, let it flow. Out of your belly. You can have everything. Every part of me. I belong to you. 
Come on, God said, all you got to do is believe that you shall be endued with power from on high. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost. He planting it in you. You got to let it flow. Come on, he planting it in you. You got to let it flow. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are loved. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, there's a whole lot of power at this altar. Oh, yes. Right now, God. Right now, God. Right now, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus, we believe in with you right now. Come on, we believe in for you right now. Come on, we believe in for you right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost is all up on you. All you gotta do is let it flow. He wanna fill you with power. In the name of Jesus. With your love, oh God. Flood us with your love, oh God. We love you, God. Father God, I command the spirit of suicide to leave this place. I command that spirit to stop talking to the minds of your creation. You are loved. I don't care what happened to you, God loves you dearly. I don't care what happened to you, what was told to you. I command that spirit to go in the name of Jesus. I command the spirit of death and despair to go in the name of Jesus. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. There's life in Christ Jesus. I command you to go. Come on, there's some strong spirits at this altar that don't want to let the minds of the people go. I command you to go. I command you to go. Come on, prayer warriors. There's some strong spirits at this altar. Some strong men, some strong men. Every unclean spirit, every foul spirit, every deaf, every dumb spirit, we take authority over you now. In Jesus' name. We take authority over you. We command you to go. In Jesus' name. Mm. Come on, your minds are free to choose Christ. Yes. 
somebody needs to feel the love of God in this place. Come on, and let nobody in this place not know that they love the God. Let somebody know that they love the God. Come on, love is the most powerful force in all of the earth. Somebody needs to know that they are loved by God. Somebody never felt the love of God in their whole life. Hallelujah. Let somebody know that the love of God is here in this place. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Just what he said he loves you. Come on, some things have to be broken. He's gone Come on, it's just Every the beginning. It's just the beginning. Thank you, Lord. Give us the grace for this assignment. It's a big assignment, God. Give us the grace. Give us the grace. Give us the grace for this assignment. Able to deliver, he's able, able to break the chains, able. able to 
break the old. He's able. God is able. He's able. I know that He is. He's able. I believe that He is. He's able. God is able. He's God able. God is able. He's able. You are able. He's able. Yes, you are. He's able. My God is able. He's able. My God is able. He's able. He will be a deliverer. He's able. He will be a healer. Whatever you need, whatever you need, trust in the Lord, lean on Him, depend on Him, God is able, yes you are, yes you are, God is able. Can you help me say, don't, don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. Say, don't give up, don't give up on God, cause he won't, cause he won't give up on you. Oh, please, don't give up on
as we get ready to be dismissed. Amen. beautiful service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amazing. Six. <laughs> Real quick. Four. <laughs> wow. God is good. This how you have church, huh? <laughs> Y'all give the Lord hand for that. I leave people heavy, Gene. That oil in there. <laughs> you just rest. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to read number six and dismiss, and then we got two things. We're going to have a wedding. I ask that y'all support Dylan and Ebriana. They wanted to get this done, and I, that's honorable. So let's support them. And then after that, immediately, Jessica, God put it on her heart to bless us. So before you hit the road, amen, Jessica prepared a meal for you. Amen. So I'm going to dismiss first, then we'll do that, and then we'll fellowship. Amen. Number six, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.